Hello, welcome to the Onyx Yoga Studio podcast. My name is Denise, a teacher at Onyx and podcast host. Today I'm interviewing Gabby Ferrati. <laughs> right here. And we also have Elvis, her dog, with us. So if you hear any background noise, it's just our friendly dog chewing on his bone. Yep. So, Gabby, uh, how long have you been teaching at Onyx? Um, I've been teaching at Onyx since either 2012 or 2013. I always forget which one. <laughs> because actually when my um, certificate was issued of when I graduated teacher training, they issued us the wrong year first. And so now I never remember <laughs> which one it is. But that probably means that it was 2013. So that's the long answer. But likely since 2013... And you were part of the first yoga training ever at Onyx, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. I mean, Ranjita has one there, too, that oh, she right. might have been doing for a while, the yoga uh, right. sutras for life. I think she had done that for a number of years, but the first, um, maybe one separate from that. When I took training, it was with Amy and Will Mead. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a company called Yoga Dharma, and they are based out of Doylestown. And so they came to Onyx right. and led the training that way. Wow. Mm-hmm. And in that training, there was like a lot of our core teachers, like Jane yeah. and Sherry. and Yeah, Gemma yeah. was in the training. That's awesome. Us. Yeah. And what was it like, like going through the teacher training? I mean, I know that's a huge question, but... Oh, it was awesome. It was completely... Um, life-changing and eye-opening in ways I never really expected that it could be. I know it is such a big question, right? Yeah. But it was wonderful. I mean, I met my whole community, really. It changed my whole life. I didn't even go into yoga teacher training with the intention of teaching. Like, so many people don't. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Just true. wanted to learn more and deepen my practice, and it felt like the natural next step to all the practicing that I was doing and then um I don't know once you embark in something like that you realize you kind of have to or at least I felt that like it was a responsibility to give it back yep like everything you learned then you want to share you know and do the service and yeah yeah and that then became a natural next step of the learning was the sharing yep yeah because it just it feels so good and the practices, they just really do work so well. So, yeah, people need them and we want to share them. Definitely. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and how long have you been practicing yoga? Oh, my gosh. Since um, for over half my life now, because I started practicing when I was 14 years old and now I'm 30. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it was my first year of high school. I started practicing. My mom had a DVD that she suggested I do with her. And, um, yeah, it was, I, it's so corny. I actually like hate saying this because I hate to be a cornball, even though everyone knows I'm a cornball, (laughs) like duh. But the first yoga class I ever took, this DVD, I cried. Really? <laughs> so corny. Yeah, I was going through a time, I guess, okay, so 
I was 14. My body started changing. I got mm -hmm. really into exercise and I was a cheerleader. So I started dieting a lot and yeah. trying to restrict my calories. And I developed a, a, an eating disorder and I really didn't understand anything about food. So my mom kind of nipped it in the butt quickly and sent me to a nutritionist. But for that, um, part of me that was really liking exercise and physical activity, but overdoing it. Yep. Um, I felt like strong and I got my heart rate up and I was capable, but then in doing yoga, that first yoga class, I realized like how I was trying to control so much. Yeah. And this DVD, it's Brian Kest's DVD, which so many people now that I talk to, that's their introduction to really? yoga too. Oh, it's great. It's like a must 90s checkout thing. But um, he had so many good one-liners in it. And he was like, be where you're at because you're already there. Yeah. And just all of these words that really stuck with me at the time. And they just like really struck like such a deep chord of self-acceptance, of, um, you know, like the it not being some kind of external thing yeah. that you're trying to get over to win against that it's yeah. all this inner journey. And that was something that just pure exercise, trying to get somewhere and change my body yeah. and achieve like different fitness things was not giving me. Yeah. And it like brought me to my knees and I cried and I was like, mom, I hate you. Like, why'd you make me do this yoga witchcraft thing? Yeah. Like this made me so upset. I never want to do that again. I don't know what that was. And then the next day, I like, for whatever reason, put the DVD on again. And then the next day, and the next day, there was three yoga programs on this DVD thing. And I just started doing it every day. Wow. And it ended up really helping me through that hard time and um, created a much healthier relationship for me with my body with, um, it's, I think it's a really good thing for girls at that age, Oh yeah, you know, to have body awareness, yeah. control of your own body. Um, like just love and compassion yep. for yourself and your body. And it's just a, a, a great tool for taking up space. Such a teacher. Yeah. Girls are so vulnerable at that high school time that, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure it like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually have such a similar story that, like, I actually didn't know that about you, but um, when I started, it was a little bit later in high school, and I had an eating disorder for a few years, but it had gotten really bad my senior year, and it was very noticeable, and, you know, I went to the hospital, I did an outpatient thing, and um, when I was like far enough into recovery to exercise, my friend's mom, who actually used to teach at Onyx, uh, her name was Rose Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, Denise, I really just want you to come to the yoga class. Like if you hate it, then you don't have to come back. But like, I just think it would be so good for you. And it's interesting because the class that we went to was Bikram, which some people would find like kind of, you know, like testy for someone who's had an eating disorder because it's super hot and you know people are like barely dressed and you're looking in a mirror and you know so I can understand how it could be triggering but this teacher that was teaching at the studio she um 
you know, like Brian Kest, I mean, she kind of went a little bit off-roading with the Bikram regimen, ah. and she would, like, read at the end of class, like, just a passage from, you Is know... Bikram Westfield? Yeah. I went there in high school, too. Yeah, she would have, like, a mysterious book, you know, and, like, open up to a mysterious page, <laughs> and, like, read these passages, and I'm, like... You know, it started planting those seeds of like, wow, this is more like I like the physical part, but this class is more than just like a physical thing. You know, the people coming to this class are here for something beyond the poses, you know, and I'm like, it planted a lot of seeds in my mind of like, you know, there's more to me than like this body and there's more to my life than, you know, what I'm stressed about right now and yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like thinking back at that age, like, you don't even realize how deep some of the yoga quotes go, you know, like, you're understanding them Absolutely. at that level of where you're at in your high school mind, but you don't realize, like, how truly valuable the messages are, Yeah. you know, until you, you look back and you're like, wow, you know. Be here now. You're nowhere else. Like that's yes. like it's super profound. Absolutely. You know? And I, it's so funny you're saying that. Like the mantra practice, hearing things repeated over and over and over again. The yeah. power in that. There's something to this. Like the fact that I had these three yoga DVDs and they were the same thing. Like yeah. it was the same three things that I did for years. Over and over. Yeah. I heard the same words like mm-hmm. mantras over and over and over again like they're just like coded yes now yeah coded in me because i just listened to them every day and it was such a positive message yeah yeah so i mean and all of that like you know just in terms of like the journey of yoga it's like of course it makes sense like you're hearing these things you're doing this thing that deeply is changing your life and working for you And it's like, you know, eventually you want to do a teacher training because you want to learn more about it and you probably want to share this knowledge with other people because you know, like, wow, other people could really use this, you know? Definitely. Um, When I came, coming even to the yoga studio since I was just like DVD yoga girl. Yeah. All through high school and college. It was my senior year of college. I was already like eight years into practicing just these three things. I actually went to a Bikram studio in high school a few times, but it was primarily this Brian Kess thing that I was doing. Um, I never even went to a studio until Onyx, my senior year. And then within a few months, I was like, whoa, there's so much more to learn. Yeah. I had no idea how much deeper that well went really yeah because i just been doing the same three things yep. and then adding that level of community and mm-hmm. meditation and it was just um yeah i had to know more i got like a little taste like there's yeah there's so much more to where you were yeah yeah to that stuff that you loved that i just i had to sign up i had to learn more of the depth yeah and the history and all that yeah yeah I remember too, actually, like, you know, Bikram was all I knew. So, you know, I went home, I told my mom, I'm like, I love this thing, this class, this place, you know, and you know, in high school, Westfield, I'm from Bridgewater, so Westfield was like kind of far from me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but she was like, all right, you know, you could do a package. So I bought like a 10 class 
And I'm like, all right, I'm picking a day of the week, and, like, that's my yoga day after school, you know. So I would, like, have friends come with me sometimes. And some of them hated it. Like, they were like, why would you like this? It's hot. It's like, you know. And I get it. Like, the room kind of smells. It's carpeted. But, like, there was just something about it. I'm like, I don't know. I just love going here. And, like, I'd be so excited to, like, hear the reading at the end of the class, you know, like, that inspiration. Um, but you know, that was, that was high school. So after high school, I went to college and I just didn't really, you know, I didn't have money for like a yoga membership. I was a typical college kid. Like I was going out drinking a lot. Like I was not living a healthy lifestyle and you know, but for the record, me neither. Yeah. (laughs) But truly like, I remember sometimes, yeah, I remember sometimes I'd be like, you know what, I should just drop into the yoga class. Like, I'm sure that, you know, like, it always stuck with me because it worked so well in high school. (laughs) And I always, I'm like, I was feeling so good when I was doing yoga, you know? And then um, it was, like, really after college for me that when I was working, I'm like, all right, I'm definitely joining a yoga studio. And um, I joined, I worked in union at the time, so I joined the Westfield Bikram but then I went to um, an auction with one of the girls at, at the yoga Fancy. studio. She was like, oh, I'm doing an auction to um, raise money for Africa Yoga Project. Oh, wow. And all the auctions were like, you know, it was like a 30-day membership to a yoga studio. It was all yoga-related stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So I actually won a 30-day um, trial or whatever to Onyx. You are a winner. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so hooked because I, you know, I liked the community at Onyx. I liked the vinyasa classes. Like, that was really the first time I had done yoga with, like, music and other poses. And I just yeah. couldn't stop. <laughs> I just had to go every day. That was, like, you know, or most wow. days. Onyx, you know. is. And always has been so great for that. Yeah. Like, there's so many different types of yoga mm-hmm. there. And that I just love so much. That the teachers are all, we all have the freedom to be so different. There's so many different styles. Yeah. Of ways that you can practice just depending yeah. on what you're feeling, what your body needs that day. Do you have a, uh, like a preference on how you practice? I mean, a style um, I like alignment based, slower on the slower end, intentional, but also mm-hmm. kind of curious, creative sequencing. Yeah, I like surprises in there um, because I feel like that's good for my mind yeah. to like be kind of thrown off because. If I have some expectation about what's coming, it's easier for my mind to slip back in. Out. Yep. So I do like that. Um, that's that's kind of more of a limitation on how I not a limitation. I don't know a better word for that. But that's more how I teach. But in terms of style preference that I like to practice, I'm kind of down to practice really anything. That's you know, awesome. I have way more leeway than I want to how I personally practice than what I feel um, comfortable offering and teaching. Yeah. Sometimes I'll throw on yoga glow and I will do Ashtanga classes or go to Jeff's Ashtanga classes at Onyx, something like that. Yeah. Um, sometimes I love deep yoga conditioning sort of things, even if I don't 
personally teach a lot of stuff like that. I might sprinkle some of it in there. I don't have so much of that, um, you know, this kind of attitude of like, that's not real yoga. Yeah. I don't really subscribe to it at all. Yeah. I feel like if you're connected with your body and you're curious and you're moving and you're breathing and you're feeling that connection, like it all counts. Yeah. Um, so I'll practice anything. Yeah. But I guess there is something curated that I'm offering when I'm teaching. Right. Of course. That's probably a little bit more specific. But I'll practice anything. That's awesome. I'll eat anything. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Try it out. See yeah. how it goes. And it changes too. It that's totally that's changes. like the danger in like getting really attached to like one style yeah. or one thing. Like you never know. You could have a month where you want like restorative or oh, you I know. Love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of risky to start calling things not real yoga or just like really subscribing to one thing usually doesn't work. I mean, you could go pretty deep with that in yoga anyway. Like I feel like, you know, that's, there's a lot of type A people that come to yoga and they always True. want that same thing. But I think part of the yoga is a little bit of um, learning that too. Like, you know, you could be a little bit more open. You could change you know you don't have to be so rigid i think that's true in a practice totally yeah there's someone a wise teacher that said once she was like the people that go to hot yoga all the time she was speaking in terms of ayurveda and constitutions and things she said that those people really could use some restorative classes sure because it's all about balance. Yeah. And so if you're like, you need to move, you need to sweat, you need to get it out all the time, you actually probably need to chill out. Yeah. And learn to be comfortable being still. Mm-hmm. But then there's a whole camp of other people that only want to be still. Right. <laughs> that could use a little bit more, what's the word, like inertia, like invigoration. Yeah. No, man. You need a little bit more settling. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah. So totally when you get true. stuck to one thing too and attached to one thing, you can apply the teachings to that. Like, what is that attachment really about? What is right. that revealing about you? And then how do you kind of push on that a little bit and prod it to, to tack yourself back to a more balanced situation? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a question. Um, do you have very influential teachers that you kind of pull their teachings from, you know, are you influenced by certain teachers? Totally. Um, um, well, Brian Kest was a big one for me from my beginning. What do they call that? Like your root teacher, (laughs) like your first person that you learn from. Um, so he's just, you know, like true blue to me in my mind because of that. Um, I also really love and adore and respect Elena Brower yeah. a lot um, as just a, a human being and a business person and as a teacher of yoga and wellness yeah. and all things generally. I love how um, she kind of came from, as far as I know, she has a lot of training and like alignment, base, that sort of yeah. rigid background. So I feel like she like knows it all and then has like like some kind of artist that yeah. is taught all this technique in art school and then knows how to ditch the technique yep. and sure. make it their own 
and to weave it into something so much more, you know, creative and really valuable and beautiful because she has such depth. I see mm-hmm. her that way. Um, yeah, she's I feel very like she has so much fluid. subtle body, yeah. which I adore because of my like Hatha yoga love. And mm-hmm. I'm really just so interested in the spine and the nervous system and how these practices affect our brain. And I feel like she studies that too. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Um, I really love and adore Darren Rhodes mm-hmm. as a teacher. I love, I teach nothing like him, Same. but yeah. I have just, to me, he's like this pivotal example of what it means to be in the practice. Yeah. Long-term. Yeah. Dedicated daily. Um, I just see that he has that in him and I love that. Well, when you when you encounter somebody that is like that, like this Olympian, basically, yeah. it is simple. And his teaching style is so simple yeah. because I feel like it's it's a reflection of the fact that he, he really does do it every single day yeah. in a very dedicated and kind of devotional bhakti-esque yeah. way. I think that's bhakti to me. I feel like he has that daily devotional practice, which I guess then... I'm really inspired by my teacher, Dr. Edwin Bryant, who studied at Rutgers with, and I, I adore him um, because he's given me so much time and teaching and patience in my learning, and I respect him for the same reason that I respect Darren Rhodes, is just to see somebody that is unwavering in their dedication, mm-hmm. showing up daily and practicing, whether it's, you know a good day, a bad day, whether you're scheduling conflicts or not, where it's like that sort of deep priority. Yeah. I dig that. I really love that and respect that because it's so easy to like half-ass be in it. Yeah. To do it some days, to do it not. And I have those days too. Yep. And so I really bow to the people that consistently are in it. Like in spiritually, like Ram Das and Krishna Das yeah. too. I just, I see them that way. And it brings me to my knees and that's, it motivates me to practice in the times that it feels hard to just know that there's people that are on the path that are doing yep. that too. And just being in that, like I, I took a Darren class in person once and just like, it was so simple and you know, we didn't try anything crazy like asana wise, but just his, like you could tell that he just loved doing exactly what is what he was doing, you know. He was giving us a practice that he probably does himself. Yeah. And it was just great. And I don't teach that much like him either because I feel like he takes a little more risks than I do. Like mm-hmm. he's not, um, you know, he'll throw in like a hard pose early on. His sequencing is interesting. Yeah. But I like it. It works, you know, Me I too. always, I feel good. I, yeah, I have a lot of respect for him too. And like the word, I feel like he can really get a lot across with, yes, less words, with less words which is cool because I use a lot of words <laughs> it's hard not to yeah I use a it's, lot of words I'm yeah. always trying to be conscious of that yeah not using so many words but he can just say a few and they're the words that matter in that moment there's one class I took with him on yoga glow actually and he said you know it feels like there's so many yoga poses but kind of there's a finite number of poses yeah and he's like and I've been doing these poses for a long time and they're all still so interesting to me. Like, I'm not sick of Warrior 2. Mm-hmm. I still 
love it. I'm curious about it. I'm intrigued by it. It like it's still a puzzle to me. And there's so much love, devotion, bhakti for him in the yeah asana practice. So yeah, I just think that that's beautiful. And when that comes from your heart, truly, you don't have to do anything really fancy and complicated. Right. That like bleeds through all day. Yep. Yeah, he actually started off his class and he was like, okay, you know, for those of you that know me, you know that my joy in life is being in a yoga studio. (laughs) And like, it was so fun, you know what I mean? Because it's so simple and... You know, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, all right, but you never get sick of it or you, you know, and it was just like, nope, this is my joy and like, this is what I like. This is what I do. Thanks for coming to do it with me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was just really like, it's just so content, you know, seeing someone that's so content. That's true. It's not that common. Santosha. Yeah. Contentment. It's a good word. Mm Mm-hmm. Amy, um, the, who I took teacher training with, she said that they had a phrase in her house, a saying in their house, when things would get just like a little, I don't know, not even heated. I forget the context of what she was saying it in. Or if something was frustrating, something was going or wasn't going your way, they would say, Santosha, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> be content with what you've got. Right? Like, I don't know. It could be worse. Whatever. It's Santosha, baby. That's true. Santosha. <laughs> nice like tattoo. That. I don't have yeah. tattoos. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my Um, I mean, what do you think are, like, your biggest challenges as a yoga teacher? I think something that I contemplate a lot um, because I do, I teach a lot of group classes mm-hmm. and then a lot of smaller classes here in my home space yep. that have one, two, three people. Um, I teach some private classes and I feel like that's very different yeah. um, in teaching a smaller group like that where it's more intimate. And then teaching large group classes. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that I feel like the smaller classes are quote unquote better because I can give more attention. Um, it's just that what I'm really trying to say, I'm like beating around the bush. Like for me, physical adjustments yeah. are, are something that I'm contemplating all the time. Yeah. And I feel a lot more secure and um like authentic in myself if I'm doing that in the smaller or private yeah classes because um then there's a conversation yeah and there can be feedback and there can be like really clear consent you know I can get even a child's pose adjustment some people love and adore Mm -hmm. that and for some people that doesn't feel good at all and if there's just three people here in my space, I can say, how does that feel? You right. Know, does that feel good? If I'm leading a group class and I have to keep talking and keeping the whole flow of the sequence, it's yeah. a totally different Looking around. sort of vibe. Yeah. But I also know, on the other hand, sometimes touch is so healing mm-hmm. and those adjustments really kind of make people feel like you're doing your job as a teacher yeah. and that you are, you know, kind of giving your all as a teacher. Yeah. So that's always kind of like a little balance to me. I mean, I think we were taught a similar way. Like, 
not to just put out your mat and leave the practice in the front of the room. Yep. We were taught to walk around, observe the room, and offer assistance. Engage. And engage. Yeah. And I, I don't know. The longer I've been teaching, I do actually demo a little bit more mm-hmm. than I did when I first got taught that rigid rule. Yeah. Yep. I, because I feel like some... I really, truly, at the heart of it, all of this is about people being in their own bodies and having their own experiences yep. of themselves. Word from Brian, Brian Kess, the asanas, the poses are secondary to deep breath and calm mind. And so really the most important thing is not something that my touch or even my words is going to offer. Yep. Somebody's going to feel that themselves. So knowing that I can kind of like get myself out of the way and let the yoga do its job. And if I'm just kind of like doing some creative sequencing thing and being in the front of the room, I used to have guilt about demoing it. Yeah. Because we were taught so intently to not do that. And now I've let that go and I have no issue with it. But I still do walk the room most of the time. But I'm always trying in group classes to use my words before I use my hands. Yeah. Um, because there really isn't a lot of consensual space unless I know the student really well, which, you know, we are in a local community space. So a lot of our, um, students are repeat people and then it's different. I don't have like cooties and I feel fine touching people that, that I know are enjoying it, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. It's a very interesting topic to me and it's probably something they could write like a whole essay about. Because what is that little push? Right. You know, to, what is that inclination? A new student comes, you see they're pretty mobile, and you want them to like the class, you want them to have a good experience, and so they get in child's pose, and I put my hands on their back and press down without knowing, like, really what that's going to be like. Yeah. I'm, it's like almost a boundary thing. Like, I'm yeah. trying to overgive and prove myself and maybe look like an expert. I don't know. I think that all of that stuff is possible if there isn't that consensual space right. for someone to be able to say, no, thank you. Right. Or that doesn't feel good. And if it's a public class and we're all just walking around and talking and trying to keep pace and flow, I might be overstating the point. Um, I just personally don't feel like I talk so much when I'm teaching. Yeah. I don't think there's space in a public class for somebody to be like, uh, Gabby, no thanks. Or people might feel awkward saying that. Right. On the flip side of all of this, I love going to class and people adjusting me. I also don't think it's irresponsible. I think the right students show up for the right teachers. And it's like, adjustments are a very big topic in like the greater yoga education world now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no problem with teachers that do it, and I love when they do it to me. Um, it's just something I'm exploring personally, and for kind of years, it's like, what is that personal boundary? And it does just come down to kind of consent. And in smaller settings, I feel like there's way more room for feedback. Yeah, and it, I mean that is that's a really it's a challenge of being a teacher because part of what comes into play for me is like, you know, sometimes I have that instinct, like, all right, do this adjustment. But then, you know, like, all right, do you totally like go with your instinct? I mean, you know, or yeah. do you like, you know, do you have your practical side and say like, Hey, well, I'm at the studio space and somebody for whatever reason might hate being touched. And 
you know, do you play it safe? I mean, do you go with your gut? Yeah, and we you all know, make the call. Sometimes. You make the call. I'm like, I I love being adjusted and like getting into the practice young and getting into teaching kind of young. I didn't even realize there were people that might not like it. Like, I, I, it just didn't occur to me until, you know, in my training, like, that was talked about. Like, hey, you know, what's the etiquette around this? And I was like, oh, well, duh. I mean, <laughs> you know, not some people don't like massages. You know, some people don't like being touched, period. Yeah. Some people have had trauma, you know. Some people have had injury. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, the thing that we think we know best to do for their body. Yeah. Injury sometimes, it isn't awesome for them yeah um yeah it's a really big topic it's interesting it's not a right or a wrong Mm -hmm. it's just like anything else in life it's really not a right or a wrong it's context yep is everything and we do as teachers make these calls in a split second and you know we just i think it comes down to trust and intentions yeah like when I try to be very, very clear, if I am going to touch somebody's body, like, what is my intention there? Is it for me? Because I want them to feel yeah. like I'm good or something? Or because there is some sort of ego in teaching. You want to yeah. give enough yeah. so that they, they know that you're trying or, or something. I don't know. Or do is it really out of that, like, breaky, pure light? Yeah. Like, service, letting someone feel seen, mm-hmm. letting them know you care, helping them to feel something, you know, because an adjustment sometimes, I've had adjustments that are so beneficial, they give me access to feeling pose that I can now do myself, Yeah, but I wouldn't have known that that feeling was accessible mm-hmm. without that adjustment, yep. you know, yep. like a simple down dog, taking some weight out of my arms, pushing on my sacrum, yeah. pressing weight back into my thighs. Now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, push more through my arms, Right. push down through my arms more, get, yeah. get that weight back in my legs and the whole pose changes, like attraction in my spine. And until somebody once did that to me, I just didn't even know that was like possible. Mm-hmm. So that was such a giving thing somebody did for me, and you can't get that on now. Right. It's a learning tool that's not available unless you really are there physically in person and the teacher is willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Context. Context is everything. Yeah. Yeah. we got to trust ourselves that our intentions are good enough to, like, make the right core that our knowledge is, and, you know, stay up to date on continue like training, teaching, learning mm-hmm. so that we are, if we are touching people, we're doing a good job at it. Yep. So all that increases trust in yourself and in the practice. And yeah. 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 That's my discussion <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, it's like a whole podcast topic. Yeah. No, that could be. What's like your favorite things to do outside of the yoga studio? I mean, I love Netflix. <laughs> love Netflix. I love Netflix. I'm very into glow right now. Um, is that? Yeah, that's not Hulu because I do the Hulu too. But you know, most the of the HBO, time, the Netflix, yeah. all the shows. <laughs> I do love me some good TV. Uh-huh. Um, my dog, obviously, you heard throughout this podcast a lot, is. Um, like my best team, spend a lot of time together and it gets me outside a lot. So 
I love to go hiking with him, take him outside, um, or just like spooning with him, cuddling him. We're kind of always together. And spending time with my friends and my family. Like, I think, I do feel so blessed that I have a tribe to call my own. And so much of that came through Onyx, really. So much of that, um, the people that I spend the most time with really came out of the Onyx Yoga community. and awesome. You know, that, it's just so cool to have yeah. a tribe of like-minded people. And when I was in high school struggling with an eating disorder, I had yeah. no idea what my life would become at that point, but I was doing a yoga DVD for six yeah. years by myself. Onyx kind of blew the lid off like my practice on bringing the community piece to it. It's awesome. It's just being like some lone yogi. Yeah, is a lot different than surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are just, you know, trying and doing the practice and having conversations with a kind of elevated vibration. I feel so lucky to yeah. be surrounded by that. I'm really happy to have that. And my family, I'm super close with my family. And yeah, I'm, I'm always on the phone. <laughs> always. Got I'm it. always on the phone yeah. calling my peeps. Texting, and, and, you yeah, know. and my, um, then my, what do I call it? My squad. Yeah, your squad. <laughs> I got my squad, I got my pup, I got my practice, and I have my Netflix. That's all. What more <laughs> could you want, though? And, and I'm always trying a new hobby. Like, really, Gemma says that about me all the time. She's like, you are always down to, like, learn something new. So whether I'm taking a deep dive into, like, Figuring out the perfect pie crust mm -hmm. or cooking some sort of thing. Uh, I took tap dancing. It's amazing. It's like, I do always like to be learning. So yeah. there's a little bit of tap dancing around different things to be learning. I'm always yeah. learning something new, but that's awesome. usually mixed into that family dog Netflix is some Those are your new hobby that I'm trying <laughs> to not nail down maybe origami's next <laughs> that would be fun I Who actually knows? it's funny you said the tribe because you know when I brought this podcast idea to Shannon I was like honestly I feel like being on like a yoga you know being a yogi like it's great and it's eye-opening and you learn so much about yourself but sometimes especially in the beginning it can be very isolating because oh, yeah. you start to feel like wow I'm like opening up to like this part of me I never knew, I'm acting different. You know, you kind of start like noticing how much people in the world are overreacting a lot and you're like, oh, if they could just, you know, learn that, you know. So, I mean, it's, so true. It's, it's important, I think, to, you know, go to a space and like have that like real connection, you know, be friends with the people that are also doing this thing you're doing that's working for you. And even like listening to a podcast, like sometimes, you know, I, I feel like just hearing other people tell a story that's familiar to you, it's like, you know, you feel like a deeper connection. Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes it's real, like that, that could be missing in a, in a modern yoga practice. It's just like the connection that you find, especially in the beginning. I think naturally, like if you stick with it, it comes. But yeah. I remember feeling like that in the beginning. Oh, you know. Well, thank you for <laughs> doing this with me. So great. I'm excited to see where the podcast goes and to listen to everybody else. You know, this, yeah. is, this is our Onyx squad. <laughs> 
again, thank you so much for listening and for being a part of, as Gabby calls us, the Onyx Squad. Please check our schedule so that you can pop in and take class with Gabby. Also, if you're looking for an amazing travel opportunity, Gabby is co-leading the retreat to Jungle Bay, Dominica Island this February. Shannon, the studio owner, went to the island a few years ago and she could not say enough good things. Good is not even really the word. She could not rave about this place enough. Um, she describes it as a hidden bucket list destination. She said this land is so sacred, so spiritual, and so safe. Um, and just being on the island is a transformative experience in and of itself. Um, there are only a few spots left, so if you feel the call to go, the time to sign up is absolutely right now. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. See you at the studio. Namaste.